Hello, and welcome to This Thing Called Life, a podcast dedicated to sharing stories about acts of giving, kindness, compassion, and humanity. Your host, Andy Johnson, will introduce you to powerful stories about organ, eye, and tissue donation from individuals, families, and healthcare teams whose experiences will inspire you and remind you that while life is hard, unpredictable, and imperfect, it's also beautiful. We are so happy you're here. Now, let's join the show. Welcome everyone, this is Andy Johnson, your host of this thing called life, and I hope you are doing well. I am really excited about the guest we have with us today. Uh, She's going to share her story, and we will also learn about her extraordinary son and the love and life that he has given to others. As I've said before, uh, this thing, this thing called life, is a podcast that is dedicated into is dedicated to diving into the truths about organ, eye, and tissue donation. Because as we know, there is a lot of misinformation out there about it. So we're going to dial in and use this space and time together to create a better pathway to understanding and healing, so that we can understand what donation is and what it isn't. And once we have that understanding, we then can do better for ourselves and our community. So with that, I want to welcome Amy Cordray to the show. show. Hi, Amy. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me today. Thank you so much for being with us and, and for talking with me today. So I thought we'd just start out by having you tell us about yourself, um, tell us about your family. Let's learn more about you. So I am Amy Cordray, as you said, uh, married to Darren Cordray. We've been uh, married for over 20 years, um, been together for a little bit, quite a bit longer than that, but I met in college and um, we have two sons, a 19 year old and uh, Nick who uh, would be 17, but he is forever 15. Both of them um, uh, athletes, very different, yet very uh, similar uh, in their interests and just how, how they just, how they approached, uh, approach life. Okay. Okay. So in speaking about Nick and your family, In 2020, we are in the midst of a pandemic. And in June of that year, what happened? What happened to to Nick? So um, it it backs up a little bit to Memorial Day. It was a great, uh, great holiday. Like you said, middle of the pandemic, Uh, we had been quarantined uh, at like everyone else for quite some time. School had just ended. Nick had just finished freshman year of high school. Mm. And it was Memorial Day. We, he and I went shopping that day to get, get some um, hamburgers and some vegetables and different things to grill out that day. He, since he hadn't seen his friends because of quarantine, I did uh, give in and allow him to go meet some of his friends at a local um ice cream shop that's within walking distance of our house Mm -hmm. um, because one of his best friends was leaving for vacation the next day and she was going to be gone for two weeks. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, I let him go do that. Um, he, they met up, they had a great time. Um, they got ice cream, played games that afternoon, just were being typical teenagers. Right. Um, Nick came home. We had, we grilled out, had the four of us had a great uh, afternoon and evening and um, later that night, uh, Nicholas said, like he did nearly every night, um, which might may be surprising for some people for a 15 year old boy, but he said, I'm going to go shower. That is, and, that is surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, he, and he did that, you know, nearly every evening. That's what that was his routine. He would take a shower, go to bed. And he said, I'm going to go shower. That's the last thing Nick said. And we said, um, you know, I said, OK. Um, And I had just come upstairs. I had been on the treadmill. I just come upstairs. He had been spending time with his dad, uh, with Darren, and they had been um, just hanging out. Uh, I think they watched, they had watched something on television maybe, and they had been talking. And um, he went upstairs. He was up, not there very long. And um, all of a sudden we heard the water go on and then we heard some really heavy, intense breathing. Like, and I, I was shocked. I was like, what is that? Mm. And we thought um, it was our other son, Richard playing video games, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I went to the, the stairs to the basement and I said, no, that's not him. I was like, that's Nick. And I ran up the stairs to the bathroom. I started pounding on the door. Darren was right behind me already. And we went in um, and Nick had set himself down and I, I ran to get the phone to call 911. I got Richard. Um, Darren's pulling Nick out of the shower and you have to, you know, Nick is a 15 year old boy. He's 5'10". I mean, he's, he's a big guy, you know, and so I'm getting uh, his brother to help and, you know, long story, you know, short, he, he had a brain aneurysm that we didn't know about. Um, Nick did not complain of a headache that day. He didn't have any signs of anything that day. He had an amazing day mm. and it was that quick. And, you know, nine, the ambulance came, we called 911. They were very quick. They came, they took him to the hospital. Um, his aneurysm ruptured three times. Wow. They, um, at the hospital, they did surgery on him. Mm-hmm. And they, I think that for nine days, we believed Nick was going to make it. We really, maybe for seven, we really thought it, he, he was going to, because Nick lived his entire life as he, lo- he, just, he loved life. And he approached everything with this attitude of, uh-uh, I can do it. And so we really believed he's going to beat this because why wouldn't he? He's done it. He's anytime Nick put his mind to something, he accomplished it. Right. We really thought it's going to happen. He's he's going to pull through. And about a week later, he he just looked different. Um, I don't know how to explain it to you, mm-hmm. but as his parents, I think we just we saw it. And at that time, that's when um, we both said to the hospital. Our, our son's an organ donor. Mm-hmm. And um, they then, of course, then um, acknowledged all the protocols that they have in place yeah. and they contacted Life Center. Wow. Um, 
that that story just just to hear you to tell it I, I've not heard you yeah I don't say it too much. share it in its entirety and and thank you for doing this because I know I can I can only imagine how difficult that is so I do I appreciate you being just so open and honest so Nick had made the decision to register to be a donor. I'm assuming when he probably got his temps. What was that conversation like between between you and, and his dad, Darren? Well, it's interesting. Um, Nick had not yet been able to get his temps. He would have been eligible for them the month that everything happened. happened. He yep. actually got he actually registered as an organ donor. And we had that conversation when um, Nick was going on a field trip, um, a big, that big eighth grade trip that everybody takes to Washington, D.C. So Nicholas was, Nick was my future politician. When he was three years old, he told me that one day he was going to be the president of the United States because I gave him a big name. And I said, well, I don't, what, what are you talking about? And he said, mommy, all all presidents have big names. I have a big name, Nicholas Randolph. And I was like, oh, and he said, so I have to be the president. And I was like, well, okay. Yeah. With a name like Nicholas Randolph, that sounds very presidential. And and so I told him, I was like, well, okay. If I mean, if that's what you have to do, okay. You know, then that's what we're going to do. So from, and he was fascinated for his entire life with all things um, political and presidential and very adamant that he was going to get in office and change things. And he, so he was going to this trip and he was convinced that he needed to get a state ID, mm-hmm. even though they really didn't need one. Um, but he needed it just on the off chance that they could get into a federal building. He needed to be able to identify himself properly so that he could go into the federal building. So there. <laughs> Thorough, thorough <laughs> thinker. And so Darren uh, accommodated him and said, hey, if that, absolutely, if that's what you want to do, then I will take you to get your ID. Absolutely. And he said, but before I take you, I need you to know something. They're going to ask you if you want to be an organ donor. And he said, that is a personal decision. You have to decide that for you. I'm happy to talk with you about it. Your mom can talk with you about it. You can even talk with your brother about it because his brother had his license. Mm-hmm. And he said, you, you, we all talk to you. And he, you know, Darren explained to him, it's just like politics because Nick loved politics. It's just like politics. You get to decide yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not something that, you know, you don't say, well, we as a family are organ donors or we are not organ donors. You decide it's a personal decision. So just like Nick would do with anything else, he researched it. Uh, he was all over um, every, like your website, lifepassiton.org. He was on Donate Life, you know, Donate Life America, like every every place he was looking. And we talked about it. We had, he primarily talked about it with his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was really set on the, well, I don't need those things if something happens to me. Mm-hmm. Somebody else could could use my 
my corneas. And Darren said, yes, yeah, absolutely. He said, somebody could, um, you know, did you know they could actually, you know, I know they can use like my major organs, but did you know they actually can use like your tendons? They can use your bone. And he was very, just fascinated by like, you could do all this stuff. And Darren said, yes, absolutely. They can. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And we said, okay, we fully support you. Never imagining that a year and two months later, we were going to honor that decision. You would be sitting in that seat. Right. But we knew that he truly made that decision. Mm -hmm. And we were absolutely going to honor it, even though, you know, he was 15 years old. I'm not, I would never change that decision for him. He made that, he knew that was the right decision for him and for others. And, and that is how, that is who Nick was. And I was never going to take that from him and neither was his dad. So can you tell us about how Nick was able to help other people through the gift, through, through the gifts that he was able to give. The, so the letter that we received um, said that he saved five people with seven organs. Wow. And um, probably impacted 40 to 50 others. The only thing Nick was unable to donate was his intestines which they initially believed he was going to be able to do until they started doing the surgery. Mm-hmm. And then they realized, and I probably am not going to say it correctly, but I think it was something to do with the medication that he took mm-hmm. because he, they were very surprised that he didn't have whatever we all normally have that prevent us from donating our intestines. He no. didn't have that. So they thought he was going to be able to, and then it just turned out that he couldn't. So he, his heart, his lungs, his kidneys, his pancreas, his liver, his corneas, and then tissue, bone, skin, um, just, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people were very concerned, like, how, how could we do that to, you know, it's our child and very concerned on how could you have um, a service later and people are, are, were concerned and you would never know that Nick was a donor. You, you would, you wouldn't have known. And and that people is, don't realize that. Yeah, they don't. That then you bring up a great point because that comes up quite a bit that people think you can't have an open casket funeral or when in fact, like you said, it, there's, there's no visible, there's nothing visible to indicate that that a recovery had taken place because it just doesn't work that way and it's treated it is a surgery so how did i mean you know it's it's this whole roller coaster of emotions right that you're going through in this kind of small window of time as you as you start to look back at that time what what does it mean to you to know you and darren and and Richard, to know that Nick helped so many people in this way? I think that we we still process that today. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's an element of, I'll I'll call it pride. I I don't know if that's really the right word, but there's an element of 
Um, I'm proud of Nick. We're proud of Nick for making that decision. There's still the also the other side of it of the re, what I would say is the 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 I'll say the real side of it of why my why my son why why did he not make it why is he not here why did somebody else get to live instead of him and still processing that part of it as far as um becoming comfortable with never knowing why learning that sometimes bad things happen to good people and um learning to be okay with that and and that it's probably not even being okay with it it's just accepting it and so that that is one piece of it then the donation piece of it is brings that that proud that you know element to it so if i can't i can never understand why like why nick is gone i mean he i think i really think he would have been um president one day you know he was he was he he had great ideas he was very active in the um which you know i didn't even know it was a thing until he told me he's very active in the micronations uh world yeah i know you look that up and you'll be like what is that i have to write um, that down i am gonna look it up if you look up if you look up his name and post off p-o-s-a-f um that was his micronation um their their motto is let's be one and it's literally a country um a micronation and I mean, I really believe he was going to change this world. And but and he did. He is. It's yeah, just in a way that I wasn't prepared for. So I'm saying all that because it's like life, life punched me in the gut and and you know caught me off guard. But it, you know, he's he is impacting the world. Mm-hmm. It just in a different way. And he's the recipients that, that of his donation are, they aren't the answer to the why. There is never going to be an answer to that. But they are the bright spots. Mm-hmm. They are, um, and, and I, if I, if we never meet them, that's okay. They do not, um, and surprises people when Darren and I say this, they don't owe us anything. That's Nick's decision, and we honored it. Would I love to meet them? Absolutely. Uh, I would love to meet every one of them, but it's okay if I don't, because Nick made that decision for him and for them, not for me. It's for him and for them, and but they are the bright spots in what is a tragedy that has tragedies don't have explanations and and to to um to learning to be okay with that is the that's the tricky part i don't know that that yeah and it, like i said i don't think it's being okay with it that's probably right. not the right way to say it right but it's learning to just I can't change it. So I have to accept it. It doesn't change how how I feel. It doesn't change how much I miss him. 
it doesn't change how, you know, if I could change it in a second, of course I would, uh, you know, I absolutely would, but, but none of that can happen. So I have to accept it. And, and so if, if that's my reality, then what do I have left? Well, I have the ability to, to, to say, okay, well, he chose organ donation and he made an impact. And now I can tell other people, you can do that too. You have that power too. All you have to do is say yes. You know, I've, I've been fortunate enough now to hear you share your story and Nick's story a couple of times now. And do you find that Yes, I think you're absolutely helping other people realize the importance of that. Yes. But do you find it? Is this part of your healing to be able to share share Nick with with people and just I you know I always I I always go back to he loved Voss water and vineyard vines. Like that's just immersed <laughs> in my brain. I cracked up when you said that the first time cuz I just in my mind, I could I could just picture the kind of young man, you know, that Nick Nick was. And but the, is that a source of healing? I guess is my question for you. And I don't know. I I, I don't know if it's a. It's definitely a byproduct. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, but I don't know if it's a source. I think there's me being able to talk about organ donation. Talk about enables me to talk about Nick. Yes. I have two kids. Yes. Everybody asks me, how's Richard? Mm -hmm. Because Richard's here. Mm -hmm. Um, Richard is an amazing young man. He does amazing things. And I want to talk about him just like, you know, everyone wants to talk about their kids. I have um, a, a finite set of, of things I can talk about of Nick. And I can't make any more memories with Nick. So there's only so many times I can, um, or ways that I can talk about him. So in order for me to talk about both of my kids, I've got to come up with that other way. Like people naturally want to hear about Richard, but to hear about Nick and not feel sad or or sorry or anything else i've got to come up with another way and so i can talk about nick okay through organ donation right right and i just i appreciate so much you know as you were talking about it's almost as if you had you had a choice you could choose to share this story and, and share the impact that that Nick has had in the world, or you could, you know, be doubled down in grief and just try to like push it away. And I just, I feel like you're doing so much just and just helping people understand um, the magnitude that donation is and the impact that it has. So I appreciate your willingness to do that. It's very brave of you because I don't know, you know, I don't know that many people could do that. Uh and I think that I appreciate you saying that. I think that I don't know 
any other way to be because it's not it's just it's my it's a natural response to what i have it's almost like i have to do it yeah, yeah. and i think part of that is because i feel like i feel nick pushing me mm. i feel him saying like like he you know we he was he was gonna go do all these great things and so i, I gotta do it uh, um you know even if it's even if it's in his in his name mm -hmm. it, it's it's got to happen so that we can make changes uh yeah. to the world right like that's that's what we're here for right right you're absolutely right so you also what i found interesting when we first met you had um you decided that you wanted to participate in our uh, donor family council and our council really is it's it's a group of donor families who come together once a quarter to kind of help us figure out how we can serve all of our donor families better but um what has that experience been like for you being in that group because i honestly i was so surprised you joined so quickly after nick's passing it's like wow again i just thought how how brave of you you know i think you know everyone just like everybody's each every, each one of us is different right unique as people i think everyone's grief is very unique and i think that for me i needed to be around other people who got it i think that they though the that donor family council is amazing they are a, a source of strength they are unshakable i mean they have seen things that you you know most people i don't think realize happen you know i have i've met a lot of people now you know i i prior to nick passing i had heard you know of children passing and um but you don't really you know no one wants to think about that or or your or regardless of how old the child is um or or a sibling passing or your parent passing or your spouse passing it that group of people is just everyone is so different and yet we all have a common bond right. and so for me the reason i was there is because i knew they they understood and they are so strong and when they are together they are even stronger and i was like um i need to figure out what that is sooner rather than later because i need that i i need to wrap my hands around whatever that is that they have i need that and they are the most welcoming in like they're they as soon like you know not literally but like they embrace you you like they're like they're very welcoming and like come here and let me hear your story and let me tell you mine and and here's what helped me and here's what didn't help me but that doesn't mean it's going to help you or not help you like they're so understanding and just so 
committed to making the world a just a better place. And I just, I needed that. And, and that's exactly, that's what I perceived that council to be based upon you and others at Life Center. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's, you know, it was, it's relatively new. We've been doing it uh, maybe a couple of years now um, and it's, it's slowly evolving and, um, but we're, we're grateful to have you and, and everyone else be a part of that. And you're right when you, when you talk about like just the strength of that group and you're absolutely right. Um, and I, I know just when I'm, you know, at the meetings, I just, I don't know, I always just feel like inspired and, yes. and just, you know, people just wanting to, you know, help other people. It's just kind of that simple, you know, and um, in the midst of, you know, this, this heaviness, this grief. And, and, and so it's a lot. So, but it, I really do. I appreciate everything that, that you and the other members bring, bring to that group. Cause it's, it's going to help so many families and so many people. So thank you for that. So I know that Nick was a goalie. Yep. Great soccer player. Can you tell us about the project that you're working on at his school in his honor? So um, right at, when Nick was in the hospital um, and right as he passed, one of Nick's friends, his name is Grayson, he started a, a change.org petition to try to, um, he wanted to um, have the school board um, name the soccer field after Nick. Wow. And we were, we, we were oblivious to it, obviously for, you know, sure. for quite some time. And then um, we had heard about it and we read what Grayson wrote and another just really impressive young man. And he, um, he, he just, I mean, you know, I'm biased. I knew how, how impressive I thought Nick was, um, but I didn't realize like, I don't think I truly realized the impact that Nick had on his friends or other people. And um, once Grayson did that, then other friends started telling us things and stories started pouring in and, and then when Nick passed and I was just like, wow, he, Nick really was who I, who we thought he was, you know, cause you know, you always think um, as we should, we believe the best of our children. Of course. Um, and um and we should right yeah but they it just kept happening and you know we let time pass and eventually somebody said to us oh you guys going to talk to the school board and we were like no 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 nick would be he would say oh my gosh no way you cannot do that that don't do that um and you know so we we let some time pass and then we just we we finally approached them and just said okay the kid, the kids were asking for it, Nick's classmates. And we said, you know, not that because that's a big undertaking, but what is something else we could do? Mm -hmm. And we worked with the school board and the superintendent and they suggested, and we came up with, we worked together and we have decided that we are putting in a garden at the entrance of the soccer field. 
And we're really, um, they are moving the entrance to the soccer field. It's where it really should have been the entire time, but we hadn't used it um, there. And so there, we're putting in a garden. Um, there will be a stone there with Nick's image on it. Um, and then hopefully my understanding based upon their, their architectural rendering, some beautiful flowers and mm -hmm. some a paved, a paved way for if you want to stop and reflect, it'll be right behind one of um, or near one of the goal boxes and which uh, is would have been is Nick's you know favorite spot on the field. <laughs> so um, I think that will be that would be okay with Nick. Not not this um, you know just nice acknowledgement. Not not too um, too much. But and but nice recognition, and uh, it wouldn't have happened without um, his friends. So it's it's nice because it's certainly not like I said. Nick Nick was a, a humble guy. Um, he wouldn't have he, he wouldn't have foreseen that. Yeah, and just you know, Pat, we had the opportunity to meet a few of his friends a few weeks ago, and um, just really really great kids, <laughs> you know. And just, I think too, what's, what has stayed with me um, with your story and, and Nick is just this, the sense of just the, the community outpouring. Um, you know, we, we did an event at FC and you were sharing with me just the support that they have given you and, and your family in, in honor of Nick. I just, I mean, that, that's gotta be kind of overwhelming, I would think, you know, you're just seeing all of this kind of coming from all these different unexpected places, right? So right. I think that's such a, again, it just speaks to his legacy. It, we, we, it, it definitely is. Um, I, you know, there's the, the um, goalkeeper stick together, right? So um, it's the, when Nick passed, um, the goalkeepers that were at the club are no longer at the club, but, um, now, but, um, but Jeff Burning is, and he's definitely a huge impact on, on the support that we, that we received and receive. Um, and, um, the goalkeepers have all been amazing. The entire team has been amazing. Um, FC Cincinnati, we were longtime fans. Um, we were there at their very first game. And we're season ticket holders. Absolutely love them, support them, win or lose, and um, always will. Right. Nick um, Nick was a fan through and through. The fact that um, you guys um, helped, um, you know, honor him at that game again. I think Nick would be like, "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> but he would um, he would secretly. Uh, smirk too, though. So don't, don't, you know, okay. um, he, he would have he loved it. And then uh, the community that we live in at Taylor, Taylor High School is where Nick went. It's where our older son graduated from. Um, the Cleves, uh, Miami Township community where we live, they're amazing. I mean, I, it's just, it's, it's, it is, like you said, it's just outpouring from every person you can imagine. And it's, um, I don't know if we could have gotten through or still get through everything 
without them. Yeah, that's so important. Just that sense of community, um, kind of help walk walk with you as you're navigating all of this. It's just like I'm. This reminds me that there is a lot of good, good in this yeah. world. <laughs> and and the thing is, is that you know when when something bad happens, people always say like, oh, look for the lesson. What, you know, well, I didn't need this lesson to know that where I live is great. Right. You know, I didn't need, there isn't a lesson here when it comes to, to um, losing our son. Right. right. Um, the only lesson I've learned, like I said earlier, is that bad things happen to good people. And so, and I've learned that, you know, loss like this, um, you integrate it into your life. You don't overcome it. The, the, the one thing I keep saying over and over and over to people is that because, you know, in our world, I think people expect grief to grief is something that has stages. Grief is something that you you work through and then you move on. You know, when you get bereavement leave from work, it's three days and then you're supposed to be back and everything's fine. Right. Um, right. And I think I've learned if I've learned any lesson at all, I've learned that, like I said, that, you know, you integrate loss, you don't overcome it. Uh, grief is not something that you um, you you get you get over you. you, you it, it's love that yes. that's yes. in a different form. And. I've got, I've learned to, I've learned to, that that's just, it's, a, it's part of who I am and um, it's okay. So along those same lines, what, is there anything that if we have, if we have someone listening that could be going through a very similar journey, would there be something that you could offer them? That I think that if to not compare your grief with someone else's grief, mm -hmm. to experience your grief in all of its stages in, and they don't come in the order that um, any book tells you they come in. Um, <laughs> You know, it's not linear, that's for yeah, sure. It's not. And you may repeat the, you know, some of the stages multiple times, and mm -hmm. you may never get to some of those other stages, or any it, it, it just it varies. And and sometimes therapy works for some people, and sometimes it doesn't work for others. Like I think it's you have to find your path mm -hmm. and you have to you have to embrace your path and you can't you can't compare it but you also can't do nothing right. um you you have to and i know people will say to you pe people will say some of the craziest things to you <laughs> um regardless whether it's a child that you've lost or or you know an out of order death or an in order death it doesn't matter mm -hmm. people will say the craziest things, but I think you have to always assume benevolent intent. You always have to just presume that that person means the best when they say that to you. Now, sometimes they may not, um, but that's very few and far between. And I think that 
You have to find your own path. And if you can't find it, recognize it and get someone to help you. You know, mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. sit and do nothing. But all the people that are coming at find the the your 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 community, the people you can trust and 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 hang on to them. And the people who say crazy things to you or or offer silly things like just just smile and say thanks and move on and just keep, you know, keep moving. And it's hard. Um, And it's okay to like cry and to break down and to have those moments because you're navigating your path and nobody else has lived your path and nobody can tell you how to do your path. Mm -hmm. And that's like the part for me that you can't tell me I'm doing it wrong because you, you haven't done this. Correct. And even if you've lost a child, which I pray no, I wish no one ever would ever lose another child. But even if you've lost a child, you can't tell me that I'm doing it wrong because you didn't lose mine and you're not me. And I can't tell you that you did it wrong or you did it right. So for for me, that's the biggest thing is that find the person or people you can trust and and really just embrace your own path and and figure it out. And I know that that probably doesn't sound very helpful, but when you're lost and in the midst of it, it makes more sense. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. So as we begin to wrap up, is there anything, anything that you would like to share or you would like our listeners to know about Nick? There's so much. Um, he was, he was just a, a, a good person. He was that kid that when he was, I think, 10, he asked for Christmas for us to buy him a, I don't know, like a square foot of property um, of that really didn't exist, right? Um, it does, but it doesn't, of Sealand, um, which if you Google that, you'll find it. Um, it's this property, it's this country that needed to, um, they sell the square foot of their um, property, of their land, and you become like a, a lord or lady of their land, and it helps them to maintain their I'm not going to use the right words because I'm not into all of that like he was, but it's it's like the, a country that's out in the ocean right. and it, it but it's not an island. It's it's very bizarre. But he asked for this for Christmas when he's ten, and it's so they can maintain their like their their separation. Yeah, their independence. Yeah, because they they didn't want to succumb to like whoever the other country was nearby. Um, he's, he's the kid who, you know, um, one time we were in line at the store, I was in line to return something. And, um, he's looking at the sign and he says, mom, that says that they, um, wire money to over, I don't know what it said, like 200 countries. And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, that's not even possible. The United Nations only recognizes a hundred and whatever countries. He's like, do you think they're including? Uh, and he starts listing like all this stuff. And I'm like, I have no idea, Nicholas. I, I don't know. And he's like, well, I think that's false advertising. And I'm like, well, the lady behind the desk taking my return 
does not know. So let's not ask her. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, he's like, because he wanted to ask her, like, why? Oh, she right, of course. Her. And I'm like, she doesn't know and she doesn't care, Nick. And he's like, oh. But he's also the kid who was watching some teen drama on Netflix who and he he thought the show was absolutely ridiculous had no real interest in it and I said why are you watching it and he's like because mom Reagan his best friend he's like she loves that show and I want to understand why she loves it and I wanted to be able to talk to her about it and I'm like but you think it's silly and he goes oh it's really silly he's like but she loves it. And so there's gotta be something about it that's that's redeeming. And so I'm gonna watch it. And so he watched it with their other friend, Asusena, and they would both watch it and talk about it so they could talk, have a conversation with their other friend about it. And I'm like, that's my kid. That's him. Yeah. Like he just, he lived, he lived like everything was like, got to research it, got to, you know, read it, got to understand it deeply, care deeply. Mm -hmm. Like everything was with passion. Everything was with full intent. He didn't do anything without like truly caring about it. If, if he was going to do it, he was doing it a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's who Nick was. That's who Nick is. That's who he is. A truly wonderful young man. I don't even know what else to say, but I do appreciate you sharing with us today. Uh, I believe that just your, your honesty, your strength. That's the first thing as I got to know you, I was like, I just think you are you are just stronger than you will ever know. And you exude that even as you're navigating all of this. Um, so I appreciate that. And I just I appreciate you just you sharing with us today and, and being vulnerable because I do believe it's going to help other people. And I love I love this what you said, this quote of grief is love in a different form. I mean, I think that. There's no better way to say that. And it's absolutely true. So thank you. Thank Thank you you for letting me uh, talk about Nick. Oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing. I I just, as I said, just listening to you in the last few weeks, I've just, I've learned, I've learned a lot about this young man. And I know he just, he's special you know, and everything that you've said. So just, it's really great just to hear more um, in depth with you today. So thank you again. So once again, I wanna thank Amy for joining us today and and sharing uh, her story and her family story and just having the opportunity to learn about her son, Nick. As we close today, uh, I wanna remind our listeners that there are 105,968 people who are waiting for life-saving organ transplants. And so as we talked about with Amy today, you know, your decision to be a donor, taking the step to register to be a donor can mean life 
for a person who is dying. And these are men, women, children, they're our neighbors, they're people who we live and work with in our communities. And they're also complete strangers who just need our help. So you can visit lifepassiton.org to get informed, uh, to be empowered, and to learn the truths about donation. I want to thank everyone for listening. Again, I want to thank Amy. And I just want to remind everyone to please be kind to yourself and to others. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Life Center. You have the potential to help save and enhance the lives of others, those who suffer from chronic illness or the effects of traumatic events. Statistics have shown that a new name is added to the national waiting list every 10 minutes. You have the opportunity to help others and save lives. You have the power to donate life. By designating your decision to become a donor, you have the opportunity to change the lives of many and save up to eight lives. Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana say yes to donation by registering to become an organ, eye, or tissue donor today. Go to lifepassiton.org for more information. Thanks to LifeSetter for their continued support. Thank you for listening to This Thing Called Life. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcast to make sure you get updates on all new episodes. And we would truly appreciate it if you would share, like, or give us a review to help us grow.